is Mishmash, a weekly conversation where we try to unjumble an important and sometimes under-the-radar statewide issue that affects you. And despite there being a state budget presentation recently and a massive, massive COVID-19 budget being negotiated right now, we are going to talk about Republican Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirky. And Jake, I don't want to be talking about Shirky, especially because of why we are going to be talking about Shirky, but here we are. Yeah, I mean, we tend to shy away from the, oh, he or she's really stepped in it this time stories, but this one, it's just a little bit too big to ignore, and there's multiple parts to it. Shirky was caught on a surreptitious recording during a small meeting in Hillsdale County with Republican Party officials. He said, among other things, sexist and inappropriate comments about Governor Whitmer and furthered conspiracy theories about the January 6th insurrection as well. Let's just roll the tape. Spank your heart on budget. Spank your heart on appointments. That's been a hoax from day day one. That was all for the A little bit difficult to hear, uh, but here's what he said. So referring to Whitmer, he said, quote, we spanked her hard on the budget. We spanked her hard on appointments. He says that he did contemplate inviting her to a fist fight on the Capitol lawn, uh, again, referring to Whitmer. And finally, referring to the insurrection, he said that it wasn't Trump people, that it was a hoax from day one and it was all prearranged. <sighs> and uh, if, it, if that wasn't bad enough, Shirky's uh, office sent out a statement Quoting Shirky, saying, quote, I have many flaws. Being passionate coupled with an occasional lapse in restraint of tongue are the least two of them. I regret the words I chose and I apologize for my insensitive comments. But then the Senate Majority Leader was caught on a hot microphone during Senate session talking to Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist, where he essentially tried to take back his statement, taking back his inappropriate remarks, saying, quote, I frankly don't take back any of the points I was trying to make, but rather some of the words I chose. All right. So... <laughs> Shana, maybe we should talk a little bit about what this means going forward. Well, for one, it doesn't look like it's going to mean much for Shirky's position as Senate Majority Leader. While many Democrats and progressive groups have called Shirky out for what he said, the Republican caucus has been mostly silent on the issue with no signs of trying to oust him from his leadership position. And there haven't been any repercussions or signs of repercussions from donors to Shirky or the GOP right now. Uh, While some major donors have said they are disappointed in the remarks, we haven't really seen them commit to stop funding politicians who say these kinds of things. So now the question becomes, how will this impact the relationship between Shirky and the governor, Republicans and Democrats in the state legislature? Yeah, like you said, Shana, they're working on a budget right now, as well as massive COVID relief. That's already been a very contentious negotiation with Republicans trying to get Whitmer to give up some of the governor's pandemic powers. And many schools are returning to in-person instruction, which is something the legislature also needs to help figure out. Now, Governor Whitmer has said in response to the comments that she's staying focused on getting the state through the pandemic. And let's keep in mind, this isn't the first time Shirky has said sexist or inappropriate things about his governor. Yeah, uh, well, let's just hope that the, what, third, fourth, or tenth time uh, might be the last. So recently, I had the opportunity to uh, guest host Detroit Today here on WDET, and I wanted to have a conversation with someone in the Senate about what is going on with the shirky tapes, with the broader sort of 
culture of harassment and sexism that exists in the legislature right now, as well as just what else the the state legislature is up to right now in early 2021. And so I invited State Senator Erica Geis on the show. She's a Democrat from Taylor, representing the 6th State Senate District. And I thought I would share that with you now on the podcast. So here is my conversation with State Senator Erica Geis. It is very unfortunate how divorced from reality the leader of the state Senate is. You know, I think for many of us watching on January 6th, um, watching the events unfold before our eyes, live before our eyes, um, and then the, the recap for anyone who was watching um, the parts of the impeachment proceedings yesterday, um, not just the footage that we'd already seen and witnessed, um, but the new footage that they that have been previously unreleased from the security cameras, I think it's very clear that it was not a hoax, um, the, the, that it was not uh, some sort of production. The, the idea that it, that it was planned ahead of time, I think, was clearly a point clearly made by the impeachment managers, um, but it definitely wasn't a hoax, hoax and it was a tragedy that I think many of us are are still reeling from having watched, much less the, the people at the Capitol who were who were there. Um, you know, the members of the media, the legislators, the staffers, um, and continuing to play into the lie that led up to the January sixth uh, riot and siege. Um, it's just really unfortunate coming from someone who is supposed to be a leader and be measured and tempered in such matters. And, and of course, you know, Senator Shirky is no stranger to, to controversy. He's said a lot of things uh, in the past. He's done a lot of things that, um, you know, including meeting with militia groups, um, you know, including people who were uh, implicated in and I believe arrested in the plot to kidnap and, and murder Governor Whitmer. Um, but, you know, it, it's in some ways this was surprising to me. I've known Mike Shirky for for years now. Um, and I, I I know that, again, he he has said a lot of things that um, are are indefensible. But still, this this seemed to, to push that much farther in my mind in in terms of, uh, you know, saying something that just seems so fringe uh, to me. I'm curious, you know, what your thoughts are as as one of his colleagues, as someone who uh, works in the chamber, that he is he's the leader. He's the one that sets the agenda. Yeah, he has an opportunity um, to to exhibit leadership um, and hasn't done that um, by not by not calling the the events that occurred um, shameful, which is what they are, and tragic, um, and by still playing into this this notion um, that it, it was all for funsies, um, which it was very deadly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, five people died, um, many others injured, um, physically injured. A, a lot of people probably have PTSD from the experience, um, and it is. Just continuing down that path is just not not one that is healthy 
um, and it, it, question, it calls into question um, the trust of him or mm. being able to trust him. I, I do want to also talk about his statements that he made about the governor in in this tape. Uh, you know, he's saying repeatedly that he, quote, uh, or that, that uh, quote, we spanked her hard on the budget. Shirky said we spanked her hard on appointments. Uh, but I want to also address this in the context, not just in this as an isolated statement, but in a pattern that the Senate Majority Leader and his caucus have exhibited toward women, especially women in positions of power, um, there have been repeated examples of sexual harassment and sexism on Shirky's watch, and often it's coming from the leader himself. Uh, you know, a legislative sa- staffer just yesterday tweeted something I thought was really encompassing of all that. She said, harassment is the environment. Um, I- I'd love to get your thoughts on that um, as-, as someone who is in the chamber on a, you know, on a weekly basis. Um, yeah, that staffer, uh, who I know well, um, is-, is not wrong. Um, there is this dismissive attitude around um, issues related to sexism, um, issues around harassment. There's a dismissive attitude also around racism, frankly. Um, they're very similar topics when it, when it comes to the issue of, of the power dynamics that are in the, in the chamber, um, even across um, with it with colleagues that you're allegedly an equal with um and it it comes from um this this attitude from leadership that is not that that these issues aren't important um we've spent the last two years um two years and six weeks of constant um berating of the governor um Yes, we are co-equal branches of government, but the attitude about uh, Governor Whitmer from uh, from Leader Shirky and his caucus is one that's very sexist and very misogynistic. Um, the the types of phrases that are used about her um, are unfortunate, to say the least, mm-hmm. in in 2021, um, and don't respect her as um, someone who is also a seasoned lawmaker, um, but also don't respect her um, position as as the executive of the state. And the you know we've heard it from from him from you know you know phrases like you know that she that you know what crazy since we're on the radio I won't say it um, <laughs> to making allusions to. Um, to motherhood, to um, even what we heard on that on that video, um, which is not just sexist but also misogynistic. Um, you know, bringing into adding adding to that environment um, violence against women, um, and it's not something that we should be tolerating or that we should. Um, from our leaders or that or that we should be encouraging. And, and of course, I think it's important to note that n- this didn't start with Senator Shirky. You know, I, I, I was in the press corps at the Capitol working in the Senate chamber from uh, 2012 to 2016. And um, it definitely wasn't new then either. But uh, it definitely just just the sheer number of incidents, the, the, the ways that it seems like it's been tolerated and that there's no um, 
no consequences for a lot of these things has escalated, it seems, in, in the last uh, few mm-hmm. years. You know, the Democratic Party, the state Senate or the state Democratic Party is calling on Shirky to resign. Um, I'm, I'm curious what you think at this point. I know that no one in the chamber, as far as I know, has made uh, statements to that. But um, what uh, is resi- should resignation be on the table? Should should uh, do you think that the Senate majority leader should consider resigning? Um, you know, that's a that's a tough question to answer. Um, I was in the House in 2015 when um, we had to vote to expel two members. Um, and I'm sure everyone remember, all of your listeners remember um, that unfortunate summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm of mixed minds of, of it. I think his caucus um, should... Um, declare a vote of no confidence in him um, and remove him as leader and choose someone else to lead their caucus. Um, And um, as for um, him resigning, that would be up to him. Um, But, um, you know, Senator Shirky is um, very resolute in his opinion. <laughs> that is, that's very true, yes. <laughs> as, as we heard on the hot mic uh, with mm-hmm. the LG yesterday. Um, so I don't see him, I don't see him caving to that pressure from the public to resign. Yeah. Um, so the, I, I think it, it puts us in a position of still having to try to work with him Um and because we have a lot of work that needs to be done. Yes. Um, we have a lot of unfinished business from addressing the coronavirus pandemic. Um, and that um, that's what should be the first thing that is on the, the agenda for the entire body, for both chambers, actually, yeah. um, is getting our arms around addressing the pandemic, getting the the dollars that have been allocated to us uh, from the federal government to the communities and people that need it most so that we can get closer to whatever the new normal is going to look like. Yeah. And and speaking of, of the things that, that, you know, are on the table for lawmakers, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, you know, Republicans have kind of taken billions of dollars in federal COVID relief hostage, uh, including things like school funding and pandemic aid. Uh, you know, they say they won't release that funding unless the governor gives up powers that she has to respond to the pandemic. I, I want to, you know, tell us, give us the, the picture of what the actual human impact of that is. You know, the human impact is it, it's fewer vaccines getting into people's arms um, when, you know, granted, we do need more vaccines coming to us. Um, but, you know, our caucus proposed $90.2 million in vaccine and um, money for vaccines compared to the $36.7 million that the GOP uh, suggested. Um, we, we suggested $2 billion in food assistance. You know, people are, are hungry. People are um, who have been laid off or who haven't been um, or who haven't been able to go to work, um, have reduced hours. Um, are they they are literally hungry and our republican colleagues um suggested zero for food assistance um the 
for rental assistance, and we know that there are folks who are on the cusp of eviction. Um, there are, you know, we suggested $660 million compared to their $220 million. But the difference is stark in terms of how much they don't want to invest in our communities. And for schools, they didn't even um, come close to a billion. It's just under one billion what they suggested, whereas um, our, our caucus suggested twice that amount at two billion um, for school. And we know that schools need to have uh, adequate PPE. They need it for the for the teachers, for the staff. Um, they need to have the type of sanitation um, so that they can keep those classroom spaces uh, clean and safe in order for children and um, educators and paraprofessionals to return to face-to-face instruction safely. Um, a lot of our schools need to address their HVAC system. Um, we have a lot of old um, architectural stock that might not have the type of HVAC systems that would be as useful or as, um, as, as adequate for um, helping to remove pathogens. Um, as some of our newer schools might. Um, and this is critical funding that needs to get to these spaces. And the longer we delay and doing such things as trying to um, to trickle it out um, doesn't do anyone um, a service. Um, it harms our communities. When kids can't go back face-to-face, um, you know, it means parents still can't go back to work. Uh, full-time in the way that they had prior to the pandemic, Um, and which means we can't reopen the economy, which is one of the things that Republicans have been saying they want to do, but they're not willing to put that investment there to make it so. That was my conversation with State Senator Erica Geis, a Democrat from Taylor representing the 6th State Senate District. That's all for Mishmash this week. I'm Jake Neer. And I'm Shana Roth. Thanks for tuning in.